Hello and welcome to Connect FCS Ed, where we talk about family and consumer science education. This podcast is geared towards recruiting, maintaining, and supporting all FCS educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I am here to help boldly celebrate with you families and careers. Hello and welcome back to Connect FCS Ed. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and thank you so much for taking the time and listening. Today, I have an incredible host with me. Her name is Elisha Wadamski, and she's from Central New York. Welcome, Elisha. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, so tell me, what is your teaching background? So this is my 11th year teaching. I got my bachelor's degree in family consumer science from SUNY Oneonta in New York State, and I have a master's in information design and technology. I have been in my district for 11 years, so I started at the same district that I'm still currently at. I've predominantly been a middle school teacher, so 7th and 8th grade in our district. I have taught some high school electives, and I currently teach classes in our elementary for 5th and 6th grade. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a lot that you got going on there. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do you work with a team, or are are you a singleton? So I am a singleton in my district for family consumer science. I'm the only person for our entire district that teaches this. I do work on a team of teachers that are other special areas like tech and art, music, phys ed. We're all kind of grouped together. So I have a support with them, but not for content. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, what are you doing to collaborate? Wow. I'm just thinking about all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so originally, I just kind of did everything on my own and talked to like my mentor that I had for college and connected with some other FCS teachers that were in my program and just kind of, we would bounce ideas off each other, but nothing really concrete. And I just kind of did a lot of work on my own. And then two or three years ago, I can't remember now, my district started doing professional learning communities and they had it by department. So like all of the science teachers in our middle school would meet and I don't have anybody else. So they kind of just ignored me. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't really ask me to do anything and they didn't really give me any support. And then the second year we did it, they're like, I went to every single person that I could talk to. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, should I be meeting with people? Should I be trying to go with other departments? Like, what does it look like for me as a singleton? And they're like, uh, we don't know. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then the third year after I had pushed so hard, they were like, you need to find other FCS teachers around our region that you can meet with. I said, that's great, but nobody follows the same calendar. And it's very hard to like find other people to work with. And just even in our region, like my neighboring district, I don't even get to talk to that FCS teacher at all. So I started thinking and had joined the Family Consumer Science Worldwide group on Facebook to see if I could get ideas and resources off there. And I just started kind of percolating this idea of having my own online professional learning community where I could host meetings and have people kind of come and talk. And that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So that was your immediate need. Wow. Because. I can kind of, you know, empathize with you because I was a singleton, not in my district, but in my building when I started. And that was, it was interesting. So my background was that 
I got hired on as a long-term sub for that FCS position. And the other FCS teacher who strictly only taught culinary arts, she uh, worked downstairs from me, but she was also on maternity leave. So, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so I got hired on and I had no direction and that was frustrating. And then, you know, when we would do our uh, district PLCs, we were actually working on uh, redesigning our frameworks. So that's how I met other FCS teachers, because I honestly had no idea that there were others. I can understand and appreciate where you're at, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a lonely place to be. But also, I think that's where creativity thrives, because mm-hmm. we think outside the box. Yeah, I definitely would say that being the only person has pushed me to try new things and be willing to take risks in different stuff because whenever our district comes up with a new initiative, instead of being overwhelmed or being just feeling like I'm going to not be able to manage it, it's been almost freeing to only be the only person because then I can just handle it however I want to handle it as opposed to having to agree with four other teachers or come up with a plan that everybody feels comfortable with. I just can try it on my own. Yep. So why is PLCing so important in our profession? Oh my goodness. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There are so many people that have great ideas and they may be doing amazingly awesome things on their own and being able to come up with creative strategies and things that they can do, but we have no way to share that with each other. So having a a PLC or PLN is extremely important because you can connect and and bounce ideas off of each other or you can just share. Sometimes it's just important to be able to have your voice heard and have somebody else kind of validate what you're saying. And and it's just nice to have that conversation piece where you can discuss things and have an understanding of each other. Like I can talk to my colleagues in my building as much as I want and we have built-in time in our schedule to do that but they don't always understand the content of FCS and they don't always understand the importance of what I'm doing with the kids. And that's frustrating to not have that ability to have that conversation with them and have them understand where we could have a conversation right now and talk about a topic within our content. And we would both understand the um, importance of it and understand, you know, why we would be doing what we're doing. So I think that's why it's so important. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I I get a kick out of seeing all the online memes that says, you know, bring back home ec (laughs) and, you know, adulting classes 101 and everything. And it's like, well, no, we're here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we are definitely getting to a point now as a profession where people are seeing us. I wish that we had some more, I guess, clout or just consistency so that we could show the world what we're doing yeah because we are here and we are doing what they're asking it's just sometimes districts cut us and sometimes they kind of hide us in the corner because it's expensive and it's something that they don't feel as a necessary initiative and it's just unfortunate yeah being an unfortunate initiative but but at the same time that is what all of our communities are asking and begging for bring back these, you know, in general life skills. So important. So what classes are you teaching right now? I have a 
general FCS class for both seventh and eighth grade. I see the kids for 10 weeks and I rotate four different groups throughout the year of both seventh and eighth grade. And those classes I focus uh, primarily on the content topics that are associated with family computer science. So I focus very heavily on cooking and nutrition with my seventh grade. And then I focus more on career skills, budgeting, and machine sewing with my eighth grade. I do a, a small hand sewing project with my seventh grade. And then for the fifth and sixth graders, I see them on a one once every six day cycle. So I end up having them for about 13 to 15 days, depending on the calendar and kind of how things go. And both of those grades, we focus on like career prep, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to explain it. Like I do vocab and kind of self-exploration with the fifth grade. And then I do a more in-depth self-exploration with the sixth grade. And then they do like a career project. So like they research a career that they're interested in. And I was selected to do that because our, the New York State's guidance counselor, their standards and things that they have to follow, they needed to be doing outreach into fifth and sixth grade. And it was just a natural meeting of my standards and their standards and the flexibility of my schedule that I could go down and meet with the kids. So I teach that with them. As for a favorite class, I have different favorites every day. (laughs) And sometimes it's just based on the the group of kids that I have. Exactly. Um, Yeah, we, we are also trying to explore electives in the middle school. I've started offering an entrepreneurship class um, this marking period, but it's uh, now with the digital learning thing, it's, it's kind of in flux. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I offered it as an elective and I have 10 kids in that class. And it's, that's been fun because I can do pretty much anything I want with them. And we kind of are super flexible in what we're doing. Like I had them learn about market research a couple weeks ago. And they went and interviewed teachers in our building and asked what kind of cookie they prefer, chocolate chip or oatmeal raisin. And then the next week I had the kids, based on the surveys that they got, make the cookie that people, um, the majority, we didn't make both of them, but the majority was chocolate chip. So they made chocolate chip cookies and then they went and delivered them fresh out of the oven to the teachers that participated in our market survey. So oh, that's they cool. were... Yeah, so that I guess that probably is my favorite class right now, even though it's not technically a class. Like we're piloting it and trying to see how electives go in our building. But that's probably my favorite one right now. Oh, that's that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I've thought about incorporating some surveys because I only teach uh, this year. I'm only teaching interior design and foods and nutrition one. But I've been, for my interior design class, I've been wanting to incorporate like the client project, but, you know, just, I, you know, you said something that hit home to me, you know, you only have students for 10 weeks. Mm -hmm. I have my students for 12 weeks because I'm on Mm -hmm. trimesters. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the, how quickly we have to get through our curriculum in making sure that I don't forget something you know, making sure I'm aligning with those standards and, and that everybody that I still have all of my students coming along with me mm-hmm. <laughs> as we progress. Yep. So do you have any best practices that you would like to share when it comes to supporting kids or so, colleagues? Yeah. When I read this question this morning and went through and kind of thought of an answer, I guess my personal belief is that you need to have faith 
mm-hmm. in your students and, and in your colleagues too. Like give them support when they fail, but you have to have faith in them trying something and you have to have faith in them feeling safe enough to try something. I feel like if I give my kids faith, they have a tendency to try things, even if they wouldn't normally. That's just my general thing that I've done for the last 11 years of teaching is I feel it's really important to almost force them out of their comfort zone sometimes, but show them that I have faith in them to do something. The greatest example, and I am very sad that I don't get to do that this marking period, is um, with sewing. I love teaching kids sewing because so many of them don't experience it anymore. And even hand sewing, like threading a needle sometimes is so difficult for kids. And I just, I tell them they have to keep trying. Like I'm not letting them give up. They have to just keep going. And eventually they always, every single student always starts a needle. And it's just like this great moment of feeling this light bulb and this enthusiasm that they're so excited that they finally did it, even though it was a very difficult task for them. That's just one of my favorite things. Oh, that's amazing. No, I feel like, uh, you know, you're saying faith. I call that bravery because, you know, thinking outside of the box. And right now, I think across the nation with the pandemic, you know, the health, you know, health authorities are facing right now. You know, I want to say our administrations across, you know, the nation are really, they're not micromanaging they're actually encouraging and supporting everyone to figure out this situation that we're in and let's make the best of it, which, you know, I have found to be liberating going, Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, they're finally giving us the opportunity to really show, you know, the world of what we can Mm -hmm. and what we're capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So online learning, here we come, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right, absolutely. Whether you're ready or not. I know. So what challenges do we have as FCS educators collectively? What do you think? That we are not taken seriously as a class, that we are seen as a, a lesser than four classes. I think definitely lack adequate funding in a lot of a lot of classrooms which is not necessarily the school district's fault per se. It's maybe just the community that you live in too. Mm -hmm. But I feel like those are the the biggest challenges is that people don't see our class for the value that it could be. I feel like that whole, exactly what you said, the mean thing about adulting 101 and, you know, these are skills I should have learned in school. Well, they're there. They just may, may not be focused on or, given to every student as an opportunity. So I, I feel like that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, I struggle with the fact that we're electives. So students have to choose us in order to take our classes where possibly it should actually be a graduation requirement. It should right. be, you know, everybody needs to take, you know, one FCS course, you know, in middle school, take mm-hmm. one or two FCS courses in the high school, you know, whether Mm -hmm. that, you know, be financial literacy or cooking, you know, choose one of those because it's going to help everyone in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. So what makes FCS education different? The ability for transdisciplinary adaptability to teach real life topics. I mean, we can pretty much cover a slew of different real life topics that would help kids be beneficial and 
to life and that can that has to pull in from all of their academic cores like we use all of those academic cores in a real life way and that really sets us apart from a lot of other even specials because there may be a focus like music is focused yes it does apply a lots of different content abilities but it's not i don't feel like it's as adaptable as we are to kind of showing off their knowledge mm-hmm. no yeah do you have any suggestions for filling the teacher pipeline or retaining our teachers? Yeah, I feel like this is a really big problem. I feel like it's just an education problem, not not just an FCS problem. If so many people don't want to go into education anymore because the intrinsic rewards aren't necessarily what they're looking for. I feel like I wish we had a mascot <laughs> like for FCS that we could just kind of plaster everywhere. I mean, I know they're trying to do the say yes to FCS slogan and stuff like that. I feel like we just need like a comical mask <laughs> would get people's attention and be like, this is great. You should come do this. It's hard trying to figure mm-hmm. that out. And yeah, I swear, I think I'm finding something new daily when it comes to FCS education mm-hmm. and different support groups. I was just, I was blown away with this uh, FCS uh, group. And I'm going, where have you guys been? (laughs) Because this is what I've been searching for. And nowhere have I ever come across this. So we need to all come together to make us bigger. Because we have all these small individual pockets. But numbers don't lie. So when, if we come together in one big group and, Mm -hmm. you know, support one another in that way, then I think we'll be seen. But Mm -hmm. as of right now, we're just, we're so spread out linear wise that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't, we're not noticeable. Yeah. I would agree. So how can we help support each other? The online abilities of today with Facebook groups and Twitter and all of these things that we have access to are, I think, the best support we can give each other. I offer a professional learning community online. It's on the 19th of every month at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, where a bunch of FCS teachers get together and just talk about about different topics that are related to things within our content and things that just are going to help support each other while we're, we're kind of working through this whole thing education in general, not just this particular digital learning age that we are currently in. Yeah. And we have a meeting today, because today's the 19th, and I sent out a link for that to the Facebook group that's for just FCS teachers in general. And then the gamifying FCS with Tisha Richmond Mm -hmm. put a link in there. And then I have a listserv of email addresses that I keep and I send out an email reminder with the link to everyone I have as their email address. And right now it's up to 200 teachers that are on that. Yep. So I send that out to them. I've started, I've definitely learned a lot of things through that process. So we have, the last time we had a meeting, I had a Google uh, slideshow open and I gave the link to all of the teachers that came to the meeting and they were able to post things directly there. Like they could put pictures in of stuff they've done in their classroom. They could explain something more. They linked to a bunch of their own stuff that they have. And then I'll just leave that up for, you know, however long we have the internet Mm -hmm. (laughs) available and that they can go back into that and use it as a resource if they need to. So 
came up with a plan to do that for every single meeting as like a way to have notes. I always record the meetings and then post them after so people can watch them if they can't come to the live meeting. And I've had a lot of people tell me that they do that. I think a lot of people were intimidated by the online meeting thing. So they didn't really want to join during the meeting, but they were always watching afterwards. I had a couple of teachers that sent me emails today saying that they don't feel in, as intimidated by online meetings anymore because they had to meet with their kids. So they said they were going to join tonight because they now feel comfortable with it. Um, yeah. So I'm hoping that. No, I've, uh, gosh, the last couple of meetings, I've scheduled myself to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, be there. Mm-hmm. And then life is really good at throwing curveballs. So. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> And I'm on that email list and I get those emails. And like this morning when I woke up, I, I saw it right there. First, <laughs> one of my first emails in my inbox. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm really excited about tonight's topic. So, you know, I've told my kids that they have to scram when it's time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is the name of your online PLC? Facts Online PLC meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's capital F, little A, capital C, capital S online for FACS because my school goes by FCS and I know other schools go by FACS. So I kind of tried to merge the both of them together and that's just what it is. I don't have, I don't have the ability yet to just kind of make it a worldwide thing. I just have the invite only kind of thing. So if you're interested in being a part of it, I can send you the link. You just have to send me an email and I can maybe post my email someplace. I don't know how that would work. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's or, a little intimidating. Yeah. Opening it up yeah. like that. Yeah. No, I, I get that. No, I'll, I'll definitely put your, um, your contact info on the website when that is up and running and we'll, uh, you know, make sure that it's invite only. Yeah. This is going to be great. You know, what mm-hmm. you're doing right now, is really something that, you know, I think all of us are needing and wanting, you know, hence the reason why I created this podcast, because Mm -hmm. there's this absolute need for, you know, community right now. Mm -hmm. And especially now more than ever, as we're moving towards this more digital age within education. So I commend you for, you know, you know, thinking outside of the box and, you know, being brave and going with this because we need it. And we, you know, not everybody is on social media. So not everybody sees, you know, the link that Mm -hmm. you post. So if we could divide and conquer, you know, then Mm -hmm. that's what we will. Mm -hmm. So it's really exciting. And thank you so much for, you know, taking the time out of your day and, you know, trying to I don't, maybe your kids, because we're all working from home right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, I've been having uh, an eye over my computer at my son. My four-year-old is in the living room by himself right now. So I just keep like peeking at him over <laughs> the top of my computer. <laughs> yep. No, my kids, I, I've informed them to all go upstairs and don't make a sound. <laughs> <laughs> So who knew that, you know, online learning could be, you know, this much fun. (laughs) Right. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Called life. So thank you so much for taking the time and, you know, have a great day. And I'll see you tonight on uh, your uh, online PLC. Yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. And thank you so much. No, thank you so much for doing this and hosting. This is 
amazing. And I'm, I hope we can help a lot of people. Me too. All right. Well, thanks. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me today at Connect FCS Ed. In this podcast, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families. If you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. My mission is to get this out in front of as many people as possible to help educate and inform the community that home economics is alive and well. Each week, I will choose one special person to win some Connect FCS Ed swag. So be sure to add your name to the review and I will reach out to you if you're the winner. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. And be sure to visit me at fcspodcast.com for past episodes and more gifts to help spread the word that family and consumer science is today's home economics.